0: You already know the fun of King's Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at King's Island, this is 50. Don't miss the 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's King's Island's biggest summer yet. And now through August 14th, King's Island is turning up the excitement with a daily 50 years of fun street party. It features dancers, music, and more commemorating the last 50 years. Make plans today at visitkingsisland.com.
3: Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Starcom Radio Network. Don't forget, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m., my pal, my friend, my colleague, the one and only Ed Till, the legendary Ed Till, is on Starcom Monday through Friday. Check him out at www. Network dot com. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Stu Bundy. He is the National Deputy Director for MUFON. That's the Mutual UFO Network up here in Canada, and we're going to be discussing UFO sightings in Canada. Joining me now from Toronto is Stu Bundy. Stu, welcome to the Exon.
1: Uh, thanks, Rob. It's uh, it's great to be here.
3: Stu, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it was that propelled you into the world of ufology.
1: <laughs> well, uh, what, what propelled me into mm-hmm. MUFON uh, was, uh, was an incident that happened to me back in 2000. Um, you know, since I was a young, a young kid, I was always fascinated with the phenomenon and the subject, and so uh, I was, uh, was always into it and studying it. Uh, but what happened in in two thousand was was really interesting, and it and it goes to show what can happen. Because um, you know, I, I couldn't sleep one night. I'm lying mm-hmm. on the couch, uh, two two thirty six in the morning. Uh, through the through the shades, I see this extremely bright light hovering above the tree line. Uh, and I live on a golf course, so it was it was across the fairway, and it was up and down, back and forth. And I, I jump up, I say, well, "What the heck is that?" It is super bright. So I run upstairs. You know, I wake, wake up my wife, grab the binoculars. We're watching this thing from the upstairs window, and and mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. This is really something crazy. We're feeling weird, and 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 everything. You know, all the things you you, you hear that people describe the feelings and sensations when you see something you really can't explain. So the next day, I'm, I call the police. Uh, I call the local airport. Um, you know, I call call a local radio show that had a, has a used to have a UFO show on in Toronto every Sunday called Strange Days. Indeed, uh, I'm not sure if you remember that show or not.
3: Yeah, but, you do. Yeah, um,
1: uh, Bruce Errol Knapp, I think his name used to run it. And so I called up and I said, you know, I I saw this thing. Has anyone else called it? Has anyone else seen something like this? And they said no, but why don't you come on, you know, next Sunday and and tell us about your sighting? I said sure, absolutely. So the week goes by, and the morning that I'm supposed to go on this show, the, the local cops call me back, and they say that there was a break in at the the golf course clubhouse at two thirty six in the morning, and we mm-hmm. had this this chopper there with its it was million, uh, you know, bulb watt uh, searchlight, and that's what it was, and. And it was um and then it was giving support to a rollover. Some drunk was in the ditch, and it was going back and forth up and down the highway. and mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, well, thank you very much, officers. So I called up the golf course because you know i i am a little bit skeptical, sure and uh, and I said, uh, anything happened to you guys in the weekend? Oh, yeah, we had this break in uh, you know late Saturday night, and you know cops were here, and this chopper was here, and so so there you have it. I you know they solved my mystery, but by then, I'd already joined MUFON. <laughs> I was already on my way uh, down the road to, uh, to wanting to investigate these further because I really believe there, was, there is something out there and uh, um, you know, uh, I wanted to sort of get into it more. And so I haven't have looked back and had some pretty, uh, uh, pretty interesting sightings over the years and, uh, and, it, and it, it's a lot of fun. But for us, it's, uh, you know, we're a volunteer organization. Nobody gets paid. It, it's, it's sort of a labor of love uh, you know, people come and go in the organization, but it, mm-hmm. it, it's truly people who really want to get into it a little bit more. People want to be feel like they're insiders, um, get, get first-hand knowledge, and sort of uh, you know the first alert. Uh, and so, it's um, in that way, it's uh, it, it's pretty cool.
3: Where, in your opinion, as the deputy national director of MUFON for Canada, are the most UFO sightings in Canada?
1: Well, I, I can tell you. <laughs> The, the stats are it's a, it's Ontario and it's a, it's out in British Columbia uh Alberta um Quebec Maritimes you know which encompass uh, New Brunswick uh, Nova Scotia PEI Newfoundland um Labrador but but, but yeah, Labrador absolutely but uh Ontario uh, has uh, twice as many sightings as anywhere in uh in Canada, that might be because uh, of the density of the pop- population, right? Um, but, but could it uh, also
3: be I, I, could it also be because of the the density of the air traffic over the uh, over the areas in Toronto? You know, because we're so close to let's see, Toronto, we, we have Pearson International, we have Niagara on the Lake, we have Buffalo uh, Niagara Regional Airport. Uh, there's there's a lot of air traffic coming in and out of this this area. Does that play a part in the sightings that people look up in the sky, they see the, the, uh, the aircraft landing lights, the atmospheric uh, conditions can play havoc on, on the landing lights as well as the uh, navigational lights? Does this play into the mix?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely and and throw in uh, you know London Ontario, Ontario oh, yeah. Airport Billy Bishop which is uh, you know the the island airport Buttonville uh, Buttonville up north uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um it, it does certainly. Um and what we do in Mufon is when we train field investigators. And this is a big pitch for anyone out there who wants to get involved we would love to have you. We we train you. It's 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 uh, uh it's not uh, a, a formal CSI training, so it's you know it's not a, a year at, at the FBI school or anything like that. It's uh, you know you, you you train at home and and we train you and then you you, you go out there we give you cases, uh, you contact the witnesses and you try and solve them. But what what we do is is we'll take four basic things. Number one, air traffic, as you just mentioned, we have uh, flight radar 24, air tracker these are a couple of uh, websites where you can actually go on there, punch in where you are, mm-hmm. and you can see what's in the sky. Uh, it'll tell you the flight number, Air Canada 2511, for example. It's a, it's a um, uh, you know, 320. Uh, uh, you know, It'll tell you what kind of aircraft, all that sort of stuff, where exactly it is, is it coming, is it going. And, that's, and that really helps as well. And you can go back in time. So mm-hmm. if someone had sent in the sighting report 11 o'clock last night, Exactly where it is, what direction uh, you can go and check. First of all, is it? A, do you think it's an aircraft? Number two, we'll go to a, a, a weather um, uh, you know, website, for example, Wonderground, um, and we can go back in time again and see punch up all the weather stats. Which way was the wind blowing? That's a huge one. That's really one of the one of the first ones we look for because can we rule out a, a Chinese lantern? We're, we're getting a lot of those now. Um, is, it, is it going against the wind? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a biggie for us. And then, you know, you know the, the credibility of, of the witness. Uh, it was a, there was not a cloud in the sky, and we go back to that day. It was cloudy and rainy, so then we go back to the witness. Maybe they had their dates mixed up, things like that. So we check the weather in, in, in Wonderground. Uh, we also use uh, software like Stellarium. Um, and, and that's free software you can download and it tells you exactly where all the stars are where the where the planets are and then with another button on that that software it'll tell you where all the satellites are and the iss um, and that's that's huge that's that's probably one of our most uh, important tools because you know as, as everyone has seen the um the international space station go by boy it's fast and it is bright and and typically in in my area when it when it does go over and it's a um, it's a nice, clear night. You know, we'll have a couple of sighting reports come in the next morning. Um, the other thing we really look for is photos, videos, and multiple witnesses. So, f- for example, um, we had this really, really strong case last summer uh, in a place called uh right up near um, uh, you know Cottage Country up yep. north. And what it was is <clears throat> this couple came home from dinner it was 11 o'clock at night, let their dog out the back door, it starts barking, it starts going crazy, the two, the couple, jump out the back door, and in their backyard, or just beyond their backyard, hovering, is a large object, 20 feet across, Um, it's glowing, and it makes one circle of their house, makes a bigger circle of the neighborhood, and then takes off on a 45-degree on a, on a angle up um, in the atmosphere. Needless to say, they were freaked. Um, so they sent in their report. I, I, I was the one who actually did that one. Uh, I contacted the, the folks, and uh, they were quite credible. The fellow used to be a hockey player. He, he's a local um, a mason, uh, you know, very credible, didn't detect anything. And right after speaking with them, boom, we get another one from right around the corner. This is a woman who had seen something very similar uh, and was also uh, very shaken. So that was great. That was two separate witnesses from the same area, and that's the sort of thing we look like, look for. So, you know, I contact the local police. They tell me I need to go, um, and, and probably what it was is a first-responding hel- helicopter or aircraft because they're on the water, to a, um, um, you know, maybe it was a distress on on, on the water. And I was like, well, no, this wasn't. It was in a fellow's backyard. So they they, they sent me to um, uh, CFB Trenton, which is an Air Force base. I spoke to one of the captains there, and they said, no, we didn't scramble anything. It wasn't us. Go back to your local police. I went back to the local police. They kept giving me the runaround. No, no, no. you got to call, call the Air Force back again. So this went back and forth, and, and that was a classic runaround. Hmm. So... Either they didn't want to listen to us or they had something, they knew something, that they weren't telling us. But that, was, um, but that was a really big one, and um, you know, that was classified and, and filed as an unknown uh, UAV.
3: How many UFO reports does MUFON Canada get on average a year?
1: Uh, last year was around 500, mm-hmm. um, and it, it steadily increased. You know, what really has, has, has shot things up is uh, this is year two um, of the TV show Hanger One. And that is a MUFON television show. And it's, I, I believe in Canada, it's up here on H2 History Channel 2. Um, and, and what we're getting, though, from, from that show is we're getting a lot of folks who have had sightings in the past and have not come forward. Okay,
3: the the show you're talking about. What's the name of the the lead um, the lead investigator?
1: Well, they have they have different ones every every show, but uh, and, and sometimes they have uh, Jan Harzan, who's no. our, our national executive director. Um, but they have they have a bunch of different people. Really? Um, um, can't think of any any of their names offhand no. right now. Thanks. Oh. That.
3: You know, I Thanks, Rob, you me there. N- no problem. I'll, I'll try and do it again. I believe that who's who's the director of Mufon for Pennsylvania?
1: Oh, John Ventry. Right. Yes, John's on there a lot.
3: He's a nut.
1: <laughs>
3: this guy is a nut. Shortly after after Malaysian Air Flight 370 disappeared, he puts out a press release that it was an alien ship that kidnapped the uh, the aircraft and the crew and all the passengers
1: yeah well yeah john is um uh i i didn't i didn't hear that one i'll send you a uh, but, copy of the press
3: release you sent to the media uh,
1: well that i i please do please oh i do will because yeah. because if that's if that's the case that's um uh that that's not right yeah. <laughs> by by any means you know that that's uh, that's irresponsible
3: you know what? I, I looked at uh, that and I said, "No, no wonder people don't take UFOs seriously."
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not sure if he was uh, promoting a book at the time or something like that, but uh, um, you know, that's that, yeah. that's irresponsible to uh, unless he, unless he was saying it was possibly uh, could possibly be a, 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 an explanation, which would which, which would be a stretch.
3: Mm-hmm. So tell way. me. Yeah, so tell me, um, what do you think is behind the UFO phenomenon?
1: Well, I believe it's, it's uh, a dual facet. It is actual um, you know, alien entities, mm-hmm. and I also believe it is uh, American technology. Uh, from you know from the reverse engineering from over 50 years uh, of things that have been uh, you know going on in, in the skies uh, you know for example you know the b1 bomber and the stealth bomber uh, you know they were getting sightings uh, in the in the 80s uh, up in, in California Nevada all these different sightings of these alien alien craft it turned out to be the stealth uh, the stealth aircraft um, but but if they have for example been uh, you know, reverse engineering
2: mm-hmm.
1: all this time, then, um, you know, you know I, I truly believe that there are things out there that we can't even, can't even imagine. Now, here, here's an example. We had a, uh, um, a mini uh, black triangle flap last summer. And what happened in one week in July, it started in Montreal. We, we got a sighting of a, of a, of a, of a huge uh, black uh, triangle um, heading, uh, uh, heading west, and almost, almost like down the four hundred one highway. Uh, and then uh, the next day, it was we had, we got the same sort of uh, sighting report in Burlington, mm. and we, were, we we got a we got a, a photo. And so what it was, are three lights outlining this triangle, and then we also had the witness uh, supply us with a couple of uh, uh, a couple of sketches. Two days later in Fort Erie, Ontario, which is right across from Buffalo.
2: Um,
1: you know, two, two fellows were, were up on, on their porch Mm -hmm. having a smoke and you know, what? God bless all the smokers out there because (laughs) the majority of our, you know, it's a terrible habit. It's not good for you. I understand that, but you know, a a huge percentage of our reports start with, I was outside having a smoke and I looked up and that's, you know, non-smokers look at the feet. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, these, these fellows were outside having smoke, and they literally witnessed a, a huge black triangle. Um, he said 10 football fields wide, and it was coming under the glide path of the planes landing at Buffalo Airport, and then it disappeared. And the two of them, again, uh, were, were were shaken up. Now, the The friend would not come on with us. He would not speak to us on the phone. He would not give us a statement. Um, The other witness, the the main witness would. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I went on a local show and and, and talked about it, and and he gave us lots of statements, and we did a full report. I contacted the airport, nothing. Nav Nav Canada, Transport Canada, nothing. Um, uh, New York, MUFON, we talked with them. They didn't get any reports either. So we've got credible people that are seeing extremely strange things. Um, so I, I do believe it's 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 uh, sort of a dual facet. You know, it, it is actual alien craft, uh, and it is um, uh, you know human reverse engineering. Wow, that that's the long answer to that question.
3: <laughs> by, by the way, my uh, my producer just uh, found the article. Uh, this is uh, going back to March 11, 19 nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty fourteen. Uh, Malaysia Flight 370 solved by John Ventry. Although authorities are baffled, the fact is that large aircraft cannot just disappear, or can they? Between black boxes, transponders, radar, debris, fields, explosions, and missile strike signatures, evidence is always left behind. The one explanation that hasn't been mentioned by mainstream media is the plane... Now listen to this. Is the plane and its passengers were abducted by extraterrestrials? This truth has a long history. Number one, December of 1945, five bombers from Fort Lauderdale took off and disappeared in cleared weather. A large Martin mariner was sent to fight, uh, to find flight. Uh, Nineteen, they also disappeared. Six planes and 27, 27 crew vanished. Uh, Number two, in 1953, General Benjamin uh, Childlaw said, we have stacks of flying saucer reports. We take them very seriously when you consider how many men and planes have lost, we have lost trying to intercept them. <laughs> On November the 23rd, 1953, an F-89 Sea Scorpion jet was scrambled from Kinross Air Force Base to intercept a UFO. On radar, the two merge, and the jet and its four-member crew, uh, four crew disappears. The the U.S. military monitors
0: every... Life can always use more Cedar Point, and right now you can get more Cedar Point for less with the Fun Day Bundle. Each bundle saves you more than 35% on admission, parking, and dining for one low price. That means more coasters like Steel Vengeance and Millennium Force, and even more excitement with the Cedar Point Parade and Spectacular but you better hurry because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. You already know the fun of Kings Island blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. Woo! But this summer at Kings Island, this is 50. Don't miss their 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's Kings Island's biggest summer yet. And now through August 14th, Kings Island is turning up the excitement with a daily 50 years of fun street party. It features dancers, music, and more commemorating the last 50 years. Make plans today at visitkingsisland.com.
2: Join the San Francisco Symphony for an unforgettable summer of music. Experience the rich colors of Edouard Lalo's Cello Concerto, performed by Johannes Moser, and buckle up for the exhilarating thrill ride of Karim Rustam's Ramal. Then, give in to the sheer lust for life of Antonine Dvorak's Euphoric Eighth Symphony. July 7th and 8th at Davies Symphony Hall and Frost Amphitheater. Visit sfsymphony.org for details
3: thing using sonar, radar, and satellites. I'm certain our satellites observed what really happened, but that's a truth that can't be revealed.
1: Right. So he's saying it's a possibility.
3: No, what he said here. The one explanation that hasn't been mentioned by mainstream media is is that the plane and its passengers were abducted by extraterrestrials.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've got nothing for that. Yeah. I've got no comeback because uh, you know, uh, unless he uh, worded it incorrectly, but if he if he believes and if he is stating that that is what he thinks happened, um, well, I, I don't. I doubt it yeah. very highly. Is, is it a possibility? Well, I guess anything's a possibility. What I really think happened to that plane is, I, I believe, um, I believe the U.S. government does know. Uh, I believe they probably have the means, whether it was satellite or, or whatever detections they have, that mm-hmm. um, they know the plane went down. But if you're going to show your hand and say, oh, we've got all this technical stuff that uh, we're able to track anything, anywhere, I don't think they want the rest of their, uh, uh, their enemies to know, <laughs> or other countries th- to know they've got that means.
3: You know, but that brings up a very so, interesting point, Stu. How many of these unexplained lights in the sky, these UFO reports that you get, are really top secret aircraft.
1: Exactly. You know, that that's that's a great question. How many are, are there? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have five per, say say between 1 and 5 at every every 100 sightings that we get and we investigate end up being unknowns. Um, so we can we can pretty much uh, through 70% uh, uh, of them uh, classify them as IFOs, identified flying objects. And the rest of the 30% typically are um, information only, which is just sort of sec- a 2nd story, insufficient data where the witnesses will, will not respond to any questioning, and we re- you know really can't uh, come up with any kind of hypothesis or even a best guess. Um, then there are the hoaxes, uh, which, for example, if you can um, uh, use a, a software like Picasa, mm-hmm. where where you can, or Photoshop, and you can take the take the photo, uh, get the metadata, uh, and it, it, which will tell you the camera, the aperture, the speed, that sort of thing. Uh, and if but if you don't get any data, any metadata coming up, well then the picture has been manipulated. So it's, right. it, it, sometimes it's very easy to see whether or not um, uh, it's been faked, or it'll even say on it, you know, Photoshop. Uh, you know, 2014, December seventh, sort of thing. So, um, so we do get hoaxes, and then, you know, if if we do an investigation where we truly believe that, uh, um, you know, the evidence leads us to an unknown, then we will classify it as an unknown. So, so I, I, I I'm probably figuring between uh, one to five percent are unknowns, mm-hmm. um, but that still doesn't mean that they aren't um, some kind of conventional craft. So. Uh, it, that's that's
2: a
3: tough question. Yeah, uh, t- we mentioned flight radar before. Does flight radar also give out the the information on military aircraft? Because apparently the military uses a, a different uh, transponder uh, configuration than commercial aircraft, and some are actually stealthed in order to um, to evade radar Correct. detection.
1: Yeah, they don't. Uh, that's just commercial craft, and. Uh, um, you know, FedEx plane right. etc so it do- doesn't give you any information on the uh, on the military craft even though uh, we do have um, one of our investigators is, is a real uh, he's a real jack, and what he was able to do in one case for example up in Northern Ontario mm-hmm. um, you know these folks sent in a video from their from their iPhone and the iPhones are great we're getting we're getting photos and videos um, but again' it's, it's hard to uh, you know, a lot of that that photo is and the videos are, are are blurry and not that great. So even though it's great to get it, it, it sometimes doesn't help much. But what he's able to do is, is is this strange light that was moving around, he was able to figure out with and there were blinking lights. The, um, uh, you know the timing of the lights, he's able to figure out what helicopter, what 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 kind of helicopter, you know, what model it was, and that it was uh, the the local OPP. Uh, and uh, and then through some more investigation, he found out that they were they were busting a grow up So that's the sort of thing that, that they can do with um, our investigators can do if they get a little bit of information. Um, but obviously, with um, you know with the um, uh, with the lights, with the blinking lights and things like that, and, and, mm-hmm. and the uh, speed at which they're blinking, you know, they they can't figure it out sometimes.
3: All right, Stu, please stand by. You and I have to take a break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Stu Bundy is our very special guest this hour. He is the director—I'm sorry—the deputy national director of MUFON up here in Canada. His website: www.mufoncanada.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you around the world on the Starcom Radio Network. If you're not in a city town, or village that carries our show, and which with Starcom is very rare. Just go online, www.starcomradionetwork.com. Stu Bunny and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away. In the world today, most people want what is called the American dream. They want love, a family, a fancy car, and a nice home in a nice neighborhood. They also want a good job and money to travel to interesting places. Life is great because they have the American dream. But what happens to this dream if they hear they have a devastating illness like lung cancer? The doctor may tell them they need treatment immediately or they will be dead in six months. He tells them you need surgery and then you need chemotherapy to get better. When they get home, they think of many unanswered questions. They ask themselves, will I survive when so many of my friends with cancer have died? How will I deal with the pain, hair loss, nausea and vomiting, sore mouth and other side effects of chemotherapy and pain of surgery? Will I be able to keep on working? What will happen to my family? Then they look at the internet and wonder, is there a better way to deal with lung cancer and return to my American dream? Carl Helvey can tell you, yes, there is a better way. Carl Helvey is a registered nurse with a doctorate in public health and a 38-year lung cancer survivor. Carl was given six months to live when diagnosed, and he refused chemotherapy and surgery. Carl used alternative interventions. Those not only helped him overcome lung cancer, but also to remain cancer-free and healthy for over the past 36 years since recovery. In his book, You Can Beat Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions, Dr. Helvey will tell you his story of using all-natural treatments for lung cancer and continuing to work during his treatment. Free of pain and discomfort, Carl will also share how he remained cancer and disease-free since then without chronic illnesses or prescribed medications. His is supplemented with chapters by Dr. Bernie Siegel, Dr. Francesco Contreras, and Dr. James Forsyth, alternative integrative physicians, and Dr. Kim Dalzell and Tanya Harder-Pierce, health professionals. All have successfully helped others overcome cancer. Research presented by the alternative physicians on their treatments for lung cancer demonstrate a significantly higher long-term survival rate for lung cancer clients than those obtained by conventional doctors. In addition, their clients were free of or had reduced side effects. You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions by Dr. Carl Helvey is now available at all major book outlets and at www.beatlungcancer.net. That's www.beatlungcancer.net. This information may help you return to The American Dream.
2: The Alien Cosmic Expo will be held in Brantford, Ontario, June 26, 27, 28, and will feature 24 internationally acclaimed experts and researchers of UFOs, crop circles, alien abductions, and much more in this three-day 2015 Summer Canadian event. Experts in the field of extraterrestrials and alien encounters, out-of-body experiences, past life regression, soul reading, psychic, and mediumship will all be presented with professionalism, integrity, and credibility, making the Alien Cosmic Expo the largest event of its kind in Canada for 2015. The Exhibitor Hall will feature a spectacular lineup of gifted mediums, psychics, astrologers, channelers, aura photography, healers, as well as books, DVDs, alternative health products, crystals, jewelry, and much more, completing the venue with something for everyone. For all information and to purchase your tickets for the Alien Cosmic Expo, go to www.aliencosmicexpo.com. That's www.aliencosmicexpo.com.
1: Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McCall.
3: Hey, ho there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to
2: The X-Zone with Rob McCall. This
1: is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development.
3: Welcome back everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. You're listening to us around the world on the Starcom Radio Network. 800 610 7035 is our toll free number. Email Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. If you'd like to send me an email in studio during the show, the email is on air at ExxonRadioTV.com. That's on air at ExxonRadioTV.com. And on all social media sites, ExxonRadioTV.com. My guest this hour is MUFON Canadian Deputy National Director Stu Bundy. And uh, Stu, do you think the governments of the world, including the Canadian government, is suppressing the information about UFOs and that there is, in fact, a truth embargo out there? Hmm. What did I do with Stu? Don't tell me, Craig. Let me figure this one out on my own. All right, so Stu, are you still there? Stu, are you there? Calling Stu. Stu, are you there? Hello. Oh, there you are. Okay.
1: Yes. I <laughs> I, I, I
3: thought that you might have been abducted by aliens.
1: <laughs> no, not that. Not that I. Uh, not that I know of. I haven't had the um, <laughs> that pleasure yet.
3: You, you haven't woken up after having an anal probe, have you? I mean, besides a colonoscopy. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know, that that's, no, an, inter-
3: no. that's an interesting uh, thought. Maybe the aliens taught the medical community how to do a colonoscopy. Huh.
1: I'll have uh, to ask my doctor that they, one. They, they, they'd save some money on the um, a- anesthetics, I imagine, because uh, uh, apparently they can just put you under with their, with their brains.
3: Really? Um, have you talked to anyone here in Canada who believes they have been abducted by the ETs?
1: Uh well yeah as a matter of fact um something I did want to mention that um we're we're going to really sort of turn our program at at the uh, uh alien cosmic uh, expo over to um to a new subject. We were we're going to talk mostly about uh, uh sightings over Canada et mm-hmm. cetera and we are going to do that. We're going to talk about the hot spots and and what the latest uh, sightings are but um we're going to really sort of turn our, our directions towards this this abductee or experiencer, her name is em- her name is Emily Tr- Emily Trim, and and she was involved uh, in the Rua Zimbabwe uh, experience. And what happened? This was back in 1994, September 16th at the uh, the Ariel School, um, and there's there's 200 kids there. Mm-hmm. 62 of the kids uh, saw this silver disc land in their schoolyard. Uh, two beings come out and, and telepathically speak with them. Um, Emily was one of them. Her her, her parents were... Um, were um, you worked for the Salvation Army uh, and they were there on, on a mission. Um, and then, you know, a few months after what happened, they, they, they packed up and came back to Canada.
2: Right.
1: Um, so Emily Emily had met uh, one of our um, MUFON field investigators last year at the MUFON uh, conference, which was her first conference she ever went to. She just wanted to see what was going on. Um, you know that they hit it off, and now uh, his name is Luigi Venditelli, and he's been working with Emily for the last year and a half. Emily is going to come to the, the symposium, to the expo. Uh, she is going to uh, come up on stage. We're going to do a presentation on what has happened to her, um, and and she's going to do a Q and A with with the audience. So we're we're really excited about that. Uh, I spoke with her a couple of months ago uh, in Toronto at another uh, event. It was one of the uh, disclosure tour events, um, you know that um, David Whitehead and, and Chris Rusak put on, and it, it was great. And um, she came there and met her. She seemed uh, very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, her story is, and the other ones are, are just, it really is phenomenal because um, this one fellow is doing a, a documentary, and, and his name is Randall Nickerson. He has. Uh, track down 45 out of the 62 students and and has interviews with them and statements with them. Uh, you know, John Mack was the first one on the scene back then, and he, he did uh, shot a lot of film and interviews as well. Um, so he really started the ball rolling. But Randall Nickerson is, is working on this documentary. In fact, uh, his website is called uh, com, and ariel is spelled A-R-I-E-L phenomenon.com. And if you go to fundraising, they're they're still trying to raise another fifty thousand dollars to finish off this documentary, and they they believe it's really important because. Let, what was, what let was me told, ask you. Let, I mean, let me
3: just let me just uh, sure. inter, interject something here. How come this story was never picked up by any credible news agency? It's just the UFO crowd that picked up this story.
1: Yeah, that that is that is a great question, and that's something that. Uh, um, you know, uh, Victor Vigiani, for example, mm-hmm. expounds upon uh, about how how the media is is controlled by the, the cabal, if you will, um, and uh, the big media outlets squash stories. And I believe this is one of the ones that was squashed. Is it possible uh, that
3: is, with- is it possible? It's not a matter of squashing the story. It's the, it's the it's the fact that major media. All their major news outlets vet their stories, credify them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. make sure they make sure that what these people are saying is actually legitimized.
1: Absolutely, and you know, I, I worked for twelve years um, in, in television and radio, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, but I also I also knew that uh, the old the old adage: If it bleeds, it leaves. That's right. Um, that's you know, and, and tomorrow you are a chopped liver. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll use you and throw you out in the trash uh, because something else comes along. Or if it's a slow news day, then they'll use you. Yeah. But with this, though, they have so many people that have the same consistent story. It's undeniable that something happened. Um, you know, and the message that they were given telepathically and they all said this, was that you are harming your planet and uh, you will destroy yourselves through technology if you continue on this path. Um, and this, the, the crazy thing about Emily is that she is still being contacted, uh, even even in Toronto. So for her to come out and, and finally go public and, and, and want to talk about this, she feels compelled that she has to tell um you know, sp- spread this message. So uh, whether whether or not you believe her, whether you not believe the, the, the 62 mm-hmm. kids that have the same story and the same sighting, um, you know, this, that's why it's important, I believe, to get this documentary finished, sure. because that whole week in Zimbabwe, um, it was just not one sighting. It was a hot spot. There were multiple sightings. All right, but let's, let's look at the
3: possibility. I, I remember hearing a story during World War II where the Marines landed on an island that had never seen a helicopter you know the story is parallel so is could this be a case that what the kids really saw was something that they had never seen before whether it be a ufo from alpha centauri or being a a helicopter from some other part of africa
1: well these these were not uh, tribal kids these were um, you know, this was an elementary school. Uh-huh. Uh, it's 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that long ago. Everybody knows what a helicopter is. Everyone's seen helicopters. Um, so I, I don't think that's what it is. Um, you know, it's just too many um, uh, stories, uh, uh, the same story, and, and incredible people. Uh, there were kids there, but there were also adults. And that's why it's a, um, you know, it, it, this to me is a very, very solid story. And the other one, if I can just jump in here, that we're that we um, working on is in a place called Saint Adolphe, uh, just north of um, just north of Montreal. It's an hour north of Montreal in the Laurentians. Uh, and what's going on up there? the last couple of years are there, there's been um, strange lights, strange movement. We have video. We have uh, uh, we have uh, photographic evidence of this. This is big in the Quebec uh... quebec media mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. not gotten any traction in the rest of the country i don't know why but again um, luigi Venditelli, he's our montreal field investigator he's been working on this the, the strange thing is, is is these lights are seen very close to an old norad base it's called the saint Adolphe. well it was called the saint Adolph norad base uh... It, it's it's closed down uh... you know luigi's been there a couple of times uh... you know it's it there's an old building. there's no gates. You can just drive in and drive out. Um, you know he's he's done he's done all sorts of investigating, mm-hmm. talked to the locals. When I was up there two years ago, I, I missed I missed the um the lights by one night. Uh, you know, we camped out there in the winter at this fellow's house, who is the main witness. He and his son see them all the time. Then all the locals would come by and we'd sit them down. And hey, I'd need a you know, Luigi would translate for me because my Quebec isn't all that, my, my French is not all that great. And they kept, start telling stories about it, uh, it goes back decades now uh, in this area. Um, you know, so there are all sorts of um, explanations. Um, Going around, you know, if it were aliens, what are they doing? Uh, are they are they mining certain minerals from mm-hmm. from the Rwenzori Mountains? Things like this. So we don't know. But what we do know is um, it, it's not conventional, and um, you know, it's really really strange. So um, Luigi is going to update us um, at the uh, the expo uh, on the uh, the Saint Adolphe uh, sightings as well. Uh, but this, this Emily Trim story is going to be uh, going to be the big one for us.
3: All right. When so looking at. Yes.
1: Uh, spoken with her. But the other one, i sorry, I don't want to cut you off here. But when you said, have you spoken to people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we had a, a local Brantford, Ontario meeting. And, uh, you know, our 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 field investigator there, Bob, Bob Mitchell, just finished um, a book called Intrusion. He just, just wrote his last book was called Intrusion. And, and one of the ladies featured there is a deaf woman. Um, and and you know the story of her um, experiences and abductions and her fear and terror right. is, is quite compelling. Um, the, the most compelling to me was she had her husband with her, and and the last incident, the last experience, he was taken and not her. So uh, listening to their stories at the meeting w- w- was fascinating. Um, and so, you know, I've I've met and talked to a few people and. Um, some are are credible, and uh, unfortunately, some I don't find credible. Where do you
3: dr- where do you draw the line between credible and woo woo?
1: Yeah, well, it, it's it's sitting down with them and, and talking. Mm-hmm. That is that's the big one, um, and trying to get a, a string of facts together, a statement. Um, you know that. One of the things we have in our, in our field manual uh, um, training guide is uh, to get their story and then go backwards through it with them. It's, it's an old FBI trick. Um, and then start in different places in the story and, and try and catch them, try and, try and get them to, to, to mess up. And if their story is consistent, if they seem credible, uh, if you don't think there's any kind of mental illness, uh, well, then uh, you, you might have something.
3: Interesting. Now, you know the the story you were telling us about uh, St. Odell Tower in in Quebec. That was carried by a uh, large number of the of the Canadian media. You know, Sudbury carried it, uh the Toronto Star carried it, St. Catherine's Standard carried it. It seems yeah. that it was a one-hit wonder story.
1: Correct. And that was uh, I I believe that was 2 years ago with in Jan- January big, with 2014.
3: Yeah. January 2014.
1: Oh, right, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. So that was the reason that got some traction was because the, the photos they did get that night, they actually had a journalist from Montreal up there, and it's it's hit it's hit and miss yeah. to get uh, for those sightings, uh, but they, they lucked out and, and the um, the journalist was there. Um, you know he saw it with his own eyes mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's where the story really got some traction so it, it's continuing it's ongoing uh, it's to me that's that's the biggest story in Canada right now
3: listen um you you're going to be at the alien cosmic expo June 26 27 28 in Brantford Ontario um what would you like to tell the listening audience of the expo nation, uh, ex, expo nation, yeah, they're thinking about Montreal, the Montreal Expos, <laughs> the x zone nation around the world, what should they do if they believe they see a UFO? What should they do? Uh,
1: go to our website, mufon.com. That's, that's our big main international website. Mm-hmm. Uh, click on report a UFO, Put in your sighting, whether it's from 1977 or whether it was five minutes ago. It all goes into our database. Uh, we'll put an, uh, an investigator on the case. We'll take a look at it, uh, but it does help us, um, you know, sort through everything, uh, collect reports, um, you know, and, and you know, sort of really get a handle on what's going on. So, so please go to mufon.com and put in your sighting report because, uh, you know, we do take it seriously.
3: Stu, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I like the way your head is screwed on. And uh, (laughs) I don't say that to a lot of people. I appreciate that. Uh, I I don't say that to a lot of people. Uh, But I, I like the way that you came across, and I like the way that you answered me. So thanks very much, Stu. Take care of yourself. Keep the great work up. Thanks, Rob. All right, XO Nation, my guest of this hour was Stu Bundy. The um, Canadian Deputy Director for MUFON. Isn't that neat? We had Paul Hellier on the first hour. He is the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada under Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Or was it uh, Lester B. Pearson? I think it was, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then we just finished talking to the Deputy Director of MUFON for Canada, uh, Stu Bundy. Wow. Things are looking up here in the old Exxon. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a little hint about my next guest. His name is Michael Telstar. I've had the pleasure of talking to Michael and meeting with him many times. He's a great guy, and I'm going to tell you something. He, too, is going to be at the Alien Cosmic Expo in Brantford, Ontario, June 26, 27, 28. Brantford is, uh, let me see, Brantford's about 20-minute drive from Hamilton, it's not very far from London, Ontario. It's not very far from Buffalo, New York. It's not very far from Niagara Falls, Ontario. It's not very far from Toronto. So wherever you're listening to, you have a way of being there. And you're probably saying, Rob, I live in London. How in the heck can I be at this Alien, Expo co- uh, Alien Cosmic Expo that you're talking about? It's very simple. You're going to be able to watch it on TV for more information. Go to www.aliencosmicexpo.com Now I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada and worldwide on the Starcom Radio Network and Simul TV. Don't go away.
0: After Justin Bieber teamed up with Tim Hortons to create Tim Beebs, he knew his job wasn't done. So he's bringing Tim Beebs back and pairing them with his delicious new French Vanilla Beebs Brew, steeped for 16 hours. That's 16 long, pensive, dedicated hours. But hey, take it from Justin. It's worth the wait. Try my new French Vanilla Beebs Brew for a limited time, only at Tim Hortons. Order it
2: with your favorite Tim Beebs for the perfect pairing at participating US restaurants while supplies last.